hello and and welcome to Dad and Sons. Oh my God, I it's just only been like three days since the last podcast, but since the like Bagfest has happened, and and I I think I I'm all stuffed. Oh, how did you lose your voice, George? What were you doing? It's it's real close. It's not all the way lost. It's real oh. close, but um. Yeah, it was it was Magfest. There were lots of like sweaty, nerdy dorks inside of tightly packed rooms, whose whose like sweat particles I was having to breathe in for hours at a time while I was singing karaoke. And uh, I, my 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 friend Colin had this uh, switch game set up. Um, Joy Sound. You uh you make a Japanese uh, uh, Nintendo eShop account, and then you get on the eShop. And you buy Japanese stuff, and apparently there's have they have a really really good karaoke game that costs something like three dollars for for three hours, right? I, I I believe you are you are familiar with this, uh, Liam. Yeah. So the game is uh, it's only on the Japanese e-store, and it's based. It's made. I'm not sure who develops it, but it's made in conjunction with the Joy Sound Company, which is like a huge chain of karaoke like uh, places here in Japan. I think they mm-hmm. had like versions for the Wii U and the Wii before it, and more, and basically it's like a free app that you download and then you buy like time on it, like wow, you buy like a like three hours or a day or a weekend, and then it's basically like having a karaoke booth in your own home. Yeah, but it's they cheaper. have most of the songs that you expect. I I was pleasantly surprised to see like some of Rocky Horror on there. They they had the Time Warp and in in late night double feature, but evidently Sweet Transvestite is too saucy for Nintendo or something, I guess. Um They definitely it was, have it was a, good clean fun. They definitely have a lack compared to like their actual karaoke booths. Like a lot of songs that I know for definite are in the karaoke booths. Um and not on the Nintendo Switch version. I don't know whether that's a licensing licensing issue or it's like to get you to go to their karaoke booths to sing those songs. I'm not sure, but it's got it a pretty could sweet be collection. Either of the above, or I'm wondering if there's like some some Nintendo content policing going on, like 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 the the saucier, edgier songs don't uh, were were asked to be withheld from the selection, maybe. I don't know, because I know for a fact that the Jay-Z and Kanye West song, N-Word in Paris, I'm not going to say it live on a podcast, um, (laughs) was on there. Um, So, you know, I don't know whether it is that. I think it's just licensing or they purposely didn't want to put that many songs in. But it does have a very... I stand corrected. Yeah. It does have a very strange, (laughs) unique twist on it, though, where all the videos in the background are... Nintendo trailers. <laughs> yeah, which is like the best part. Somehow. So weird. Somehow Bohemian Rhapsody like kind of sort of fits the, the the trailer for Mario Odyssey they're using when when, when Freddie Mercury <laughs> is like screaming his lungs off about about having to run away from an attempted murder. Mario is like bopping his way through the streets just like net, letting no one slow him down. <laughs> It's so weird, wow. and I, I think like the, there's like four. There's the Arms trailer. There's the Mario Odyssey one. There's the Breath of the Wild one, and the Xenoblade Chronicles two one. And like yeah, they just you repeat got a Xenoblade two in there over and over. I like again. that better than the like royalty free stuff that we got over in Japan. Oh, oh yeah, or it's, it's so like funny, the, the footage of like the couples <laughs> touring small town America because apparently that's what is like evocative of pop American music abroad. 
Yeah, so I always think about the, the, the girl with the picture, and every time she would put the picture frame in front of her, she would be in color. And I don't, I don't understand. It was just multiple shots of her, just in black and white, and then <laughs> puts the picture frame in front of her, and she would be in color. I oh just, my god, that reminds me. Weird. I, I, Screenwave Party was lit this year. The karaoke room went nuts. They had a, uh, they, they had had some meme lord come in there and, and do like Smash Mouth All Star, and everyone in, in, in the room was just like bopping up and down, and, and, and you could like listen hard and hear some shitty internet memes in the midst of, of, uh, of of both the official karaoke room and the unofficial room party one we had set up later on it was it was it was good time but that is why i've lost my voice i uh believe i might be affected by by the so-called con crud however i am going to try to make sure that i uh I, i'm going to try to not shout too loud I'm going to try not to get, like, too excited here on the Dad and Sons podcast, where we are all about muted, sustained reactions to, um, um, fun stories of, mm. of our pop culture consumption experiences over the past week. Um, I guess we got started off on the foot about karaoke. What else was happening at MAGFest, uh... Let's see, I can, um, go through some bit about my, uh, favorite game I saw on the indie show floor. Ooh, Yeah, yes. do it. Yeah, so, okay, the there are two games I want to talk about. One is, like, hype as hell. I love this thing. It, it was called Fight Night, and the yeah. knight is spelled K-N-I-G-H-T, like like a medieval shovel knight, except uh, the guy fights. And it's a first-person grid-based dungeon crawler that kind of looks like Persona 1, or, um, like, dungeons of, um... Ah, not Dungeons of Dreadmore. Um, there were old first-person PC RPGs that, uh, I believe Wizardry, some of the earlier Wizardry plays like this, where you would move one square per button press, and just have, like, the engine draw a new, um... An entirely new frame based on where you were of a, of a grid map from the first person. So you could only move in four directions. And in Fight Night, you can, you're restricted in your movement in the very, in, in the same way. However, there's a whole lot of really organic, natural looking camera movements going on that, um, definitely show that, that your character can exist within the finesse of the spaces between each grid line. Uh, there's this beautiful, natural, VR-esque head movement to, uh, your character's camera as you dodge and weave your way in between punches to punch the living daylights out of 2.5D Doom sprites <laughs> floating around the, uh, the, the, the environment of this unfiltered, pixelated texture, uh, surreal dungeon hellscape. And the animations that, that have you punch in these sprites dodging and weaving in between grid lines of a grid space look really sharp there's some really great uh, uh splashes and, and like stop frame effects the the game feel is just like there there's enemies that are just meant to be used as punching bags while other enemies at their flanks charge up special attacks while you're distracted by just hammering away at the punching bag there's perfect parry mechanics where you can press the block button at the last moment to like stun enemies and it makes this like really satisfying anime slice whoochink noise that is oh it feels so good and it looks so good and it's funny they're they they really roll with the 
the punch of violence being your like primary interact button in video games. You press the punch button to start. You like punch items out of your character's inventory. You punch characters in the world to have friendly conversations with them. That's your talk button. And and once you're talking to them, you you punch your dialogue choices out of the air at them. It's so cute. It's yeah. beautiful. So I actually got to play the game uh, Tokyo Game Show last year. And uh, it's being published by some pretty good friends of ours, George, um, in Team Dungan, Dungan Entertainment, Nyan, and those guys are publishing that game. Um, nice. So it's, it's shaping up so well. Yeah. Yeah. That, again, full disclaimer, that totally took me by surprise, but apparently I know someone involved in, in publishing it. Yeah. So but I assure you, on, on the MAGFest show floor, it was just word of mouth that had me checking it out, and it looks hype as fuck. And um, I got to play it. And it was so refreshingly weird and unique and just punching the shit out of everything was so much fun. Like, as you said, like the parrying mechanic is so good. It feels so good. It's kind of like, I don't know. It's like the way you duck and weave is kind of like, it's almost like you're on a bouncy castle. Like it feels mm-hmm. really bouncy and you bounce it yeah. off when you deflect things. And it it's all really weird. 2.5D style that makes it like all with really only bouncy. 16 colors. Yeah, it's really cool. A, a lot of the shading is done with um like this real time dithering tech going on that looks really cool. If anyone's played the din of the the din of the obra din, I that's not quite the name. It's the follow up from uh, the papers please guy, but it has a very um distinct 3D style that kind of uses a dithering esque cell shading effect. Yeah. To like calculate dithering that looks good on the fly in real time and it looks really really sharp and pretty i had, yeah, I had some shading I, going on in certain places yeah i actually it's asked them what the dithering baby i asked them what the shader was and they they explained that they'd created just some like invisible like not invisible but kind of like low opacity dithering in photoshop that layers over the textures completely so it's not like unique dithering to everything it's like a really kind of almost cheap trick in which they're doing it but mm-hmm. it pull, it's pulled off really well and yeah it looks exactly like what it's supposed to look like my it almost reminded me a little bit of legend of grimrock at first and then yeah yeah that's the name i was looking for yeah i legend of grimrock is great but it, yeah you you can definitely move between the spaces like you were saying i'm, I'm watching it now and this will like super punch move as well. Yeah, this is way more loose than Legend of Grimrock. Yeah, wow. they their their other primary inspiration besides like old boring PC grid based dungeon crawlers is is like the the hype as fuck fast kinetic Japanese beat 'em ups like like God Hand where you like pick a special attack out of a roulette wheel and just mash the attack button and watch cool stuff happen, and and that's that is what happens. Cool stuff does happen. And, and there's, like, meat to it, too. I uh, was was strategically running back to town to stock up on potions and check up on um, shops that were getting upgraded as you were running along. It has a loop to it that's very roguelite, but it is not procedurally generated. They said they wanted to make a point out of making sure that all their dungeons and puzzles felt hand-placed, mm-hmm. which I think is also really admirable and uh, is probably going to take them a while. <laughs> did, you, yeah. did you sort of struggle with the controls to begin with? Because the controls are... I can't remember exactly, but they're not easy, if I remember. Like, the punching in the combat is quite easy to get to grips with, but in terms of, like, the actual movements, like, you don't use a mouse at all. 
You just used the keyboard, which felt uh, kind of yeah. weird. Actually, he had us set up on controllers. Yeah, but you only when... used like the D-pad or like you actually pressed like up. Like I, I can't remember exactly, but you only moved in four directions, either left, right, or f- forwards. Yeah, yeah, you got your left, your your, your D-pad, uh, left, right, forward, back movement. Um, L2 and R2 strafe left and right. L1 and R1 punch left and right. So I I really liked the feel actually of um like ma- tapping the D-pad in strategic little bursts up to an enemy and then just you just straight up mash the uh, L1 and R1 and it makes this this beautiful click that that everyone around can can hear cuz you just got to mash so hard in this game it's it's hilarious. Uh I didn't have a problem with controls for navigating. I did have problems with the timings of the combat. The reason being colorblind. Uh, they flash red before they attack, and right. for me, it looks like a different shade of green. And before I really knew what was going on, it was like hard to visually parse that information. And I also uh, talked to the developer about about implementing a colorblind mode. He sounded like really receptive and open to it. Um, just like super fun game and and fun guy in general. I uh, <laughs> I, I I recommend Fight Night. Uh, look forward to it. Yeah, it's definitely something to look forward to. It's like a, when you just like rap, use the special move and you're just like rapidly punching away. It feels so good and so satisfying. Just constantly punching. Uh, yes. I want to see what else they add, like what changes the gameplay. You can't just be rapidly punching the whole time, right? I'm assuming. There are special attacks yeah. that Okay. Are are in the vein of um like Ma- Paper Mario special attacks where like a meter will pop up on the screen and you gotta like play some little t- rhythm timing mini game to uh have have some super duper punch happen. Oh, I just saw one. <laughs> I did like ask thousand them punches. because I think they yeah. only had two super moves in the build that I'd played. They said they were planning on implementing more and stuff like that. I'm interested to see what they can do because you don't get any weapons in the game. You completely just use your fists. <laughs> there what, is no kick button. There is no kick button. There's nothing. You just punch everything. So I think everything is just modified versions of like dramatic punches, which I'm kind of cool with. You can you can hear <laughs> the anime in the background. Um, but yeah, the other game that uh, sticks out is called Exposure. It's a um, top-down Agari.io clone, kind of, sort of. Although the whoever made it probably would hate hearing it framed like that. You play as some kind of little circular amoeboid uh, uh, floating around a top-down soup of other amoeboid creatures, one, one of which is trying to eat you. Um, the other amoeboid creatures are, are either black or white, and you press a button to switch your own color between the two, like in Ikaruga. And um, the idea is that you hide inside of blobs that are the same color as your blob so that you can hide from, from the blobs chasing after you. And uh, it has a very, very weird layer of strategy to it for a fi- very kind of like quick minigame time waster style game. Um, there's actual <laughs> uh, uh, like timing and depth and, and judgment required in terms of which blobs you you decide to break into because of a little bit of um kind of kind of uh, fighting you got to do to to break your amoeboid into the bigger blobs of hiding spaces. You you account for for vulnerabilities and travel times that make a very very simple challenge into a compelling one that I could totally imagine would catch on in a big way on mobiles, maybe. I don't know about, like, 
hardcore PC gaming spaces. But that also reminds me of another game I saw called Blind Blades, which is a local multiplayer fighting game, four-player, uh, quick insta-death deathmatch. You see a lot of stuff like that on Steam. The theme here is that in Blind Blades, you're uh, four super fast slashing samurais who are running around the level trying to kill each other all um are silhouetted against the background like like that fight scene in kill bill <laughs> um the the screen will be like totally white with like the silhouette of the black silhouette of these oh. samurais running around it's real pretty and stylish yeah. but everyone can press a button to change their color so or or you can just uh hide into the scenery on the screen that matches your color so you kind of like play it like a quick uh, super fast mind game stealth game beat 'em up and it's really really fun and interesting there was a decent enough crowd around it for the show me and my friends played some of it we had a blast i'm just really really hoping they decide to release on switch where they don't have to compete with like samurai gun and duck game well i mean they will but it'll at least be there for like a new wave of exposure rather than having to compete against um more more games that that already have a tighter foothold in that space because there's still things to do with that concept and it's still some of the most getting four players down on the couch to play some hype new indie games is still some of the most fun you can have these days and there's still companies who are uh mining more fun out of that so so blind blades blind blades was good blind blades was the other good one i'm watching a video of it right now and it looks difficult to keep track yeah your samurai it's that's that's the idea though. That's <laughs> that's the gimmick. You uh, But how can you are, how can you know where you are? Like it, like as soon you as you just have to keep track the, mentally. The color, it's like yeah. you're, you're blue, you're red or yellow. You your eyes will be focused on your own little dude and that's the um the the twist is that everyone's eyes are following their own character. So they might not spot you hiding and waiting for them in some spot on the screen you want to ambush them at. Oh, uh, okay. Because the color, yeah, cause, cause, like if you're playing like a white character with like blue highlights, it it's weird because like the the blue highlights sometimes mesh into the background, like so it goes completely white. Mm-hmm. I guess so that's you can on, hide. I guess that's on yeah, purpose. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's <laughs> that's the idea. Yeah, I, it was easy to find that game, but exposure when an indie developer names it the same as like other games, it's kind of hard to find. Which kind of can hurt the game, but all I can see is a horror game for exposure and a public flashing game. Uh, yeah, yeah, intense um, exposure. What, what what I was playing does not seem to um, really fit the bill on both. Hang on, I think I picked up a card. They might have a website on this card that I might have picked up. If I didn't, I got to get back to uh, uh, googling. Yeah, okay. So let's see. Let's try exposure. A game of camouflage. It's hard to oh, yeah, maybe it's there it is. For exposure? They they have camouflaged into the internet. So if you want to look up exposure, <laughs> type in exposure, a game of camouflage. That's what you gotta Google. Oh, that that might be too much work. Might be, might be. <laughs> uh, if that's too much the work, gave you can up go already. to um the sheepsmeow.com slash game slash exposure. Which, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know which which is truly easier, typing in the Google terms that, like, specify that it's the game you're looking for and not the common noun, uh, or or the the website domain that, that is not 
<laughs> that is not named after the game you're looking for, but I guess I guess there's some irony to that. Um, developers, make sure your name is easily Googleable when you make a, a game. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty hard to find games that are named after just a word. Yeah. My game is called Pig. <laughs> Let's no. find it. <laughs> no. <laughs> we wrapped up uh, the audiobook for Blood, Sweat, and Pixels on the road trip back, and and Jason Schreier, like for some reason, decides to rip into Destiny's usage of proper nouns as a uh, as its writing style. Um, there was this one quote where he talks about Peter Dinklage, like, having trouble in the studio, parsing why The Stranger would have capital letters. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a writing style that I didn't know people could really be that creative of, because I always thought bungee capital names of common nouns sounded super cool. Anyways. <laughs> you're, you're quite tired, aren't you, George? I'm really tired. <laughs> We road tripped all day yesterday. <laughs> what, right. what is it that is appealing about Magfest then? Because as someone who has not been, all I ever see is people tweeting photos of a hotel room. It's like, <laughs> d- is there a, actually a convention or does everyone just like camp in happens. different hotel rooms? It's very strange that the actual convention seems to be becoming less and less of a part of it every year. Like, it just... More and more every year, I just end up having like these really weird, strange social encounters with, with with uh, characters that are super memorable and and, and lovable and uh, <laughs> appreciative. I don't know. I have a really really close circle of, of super good friends that show up every year, and it's always it's always nice meeting up with them. Um, but they do concerts, uh, by video game musicians and there's like little pop-up, um, DJ spaces. There's, uh, panels about making games and this year they didn't write who the panelists were, were, they didn't write who the panelists were on, on, on the app's descriptions. I went to a game writing panel where they, uh, seemed to be talking about game writing, but... But for much of the panel, they were playing clips of uh, those old Ego Raptor sequelitis videos, and the whole while I was just like wondering, okay, I'm wondering if uh, how much game writing the people behind the panels have actually done, because it's hard to tell from here without a proper description. The the room registration has gone completely bonkers. They don't really know how they're supposed to be able to manage um, the the tens of thousands of people or however many people it is. I wouldn't be surprised if it's above ten. Um, they, they don't know how to how to handle that volume of people coming into the hotel's good and setting up a reservation system that satisfies everyone. And uh, despite that, every year I, I keep having more and more fun. <laughs> For because karaoke, of course. It's a big land party, basically. Yes. The, the whole, like, convention center village turns into a, like, little land village party for a weekend. Yeah. Oh, there's and, a party uh, in loses room their voice. 208. All right, we out. That's, that's basically Bye. <laughs> yeah. That's basically it. <laughs> we out. We out. We out. <laughs> so what have you guys been up I to? I Logan Paul. We out here. Oh, God. No, Let's not go there. The, the depressing <laughs> subject. Right. Let's not go there. The shame. Let's not touch that. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Actually, if we are talking about MAGFest and, and like, sorry, the shame, it triggered me. I had memories of what I did, which was amazing, which was a Metal Gear Solid 3 non-lethal, no-trink, live playthrough Q&A session. 
impromptu popped up in the console gaming room. I just went up to the counter. I asked if they had um, a copy of Metal Gear Solid 3. They did not have either of the HD versions of the game, but they did have the PS2 original that I set up on some kind of awful composite cable liquid crystal display TV that made the game look like it was being filtered through a Photoshop oil painting filter in real time. But I uh, posted a picture of this happening on Twitter. People showed up. There was a crowd, a good crowd of like 16 or so people watching me play through Metal Gear Solid 3 with all these self-imposed restrictions I love to do. But they uh, gradually started to clear out when I got stuck at the helicopter base and wanted to (laughs) grab a bunch of supplies. But there were like three fans who stuck with me from beginning to end for five whole hours of me playing this thing in front of everyone. I made it all the way to uh, the the guy you got to talk to in Granini Gorky, who who makes a point out of mentioning the shoes Tatiana gives him. But um, on the way there, I was like showing them all these cool little tricks that were just like super duper impressive and gratifying to pull off in front of a crowd. Like... Like like the advanced CQC techniques where you can European extreme someone head to head and still be able to grab them before their their sightline registers long enough to to game over, or how uh, you can just knock on the front door of the research facility and walk in when someone answers it, um, or how you can like get captured as a scientist and thrown into the jail of the place you're trying to infiltrate into. There's there's so many good tricks to that game that that people really really dig watching and it was it was so fun to to like do that live in front of people in a crowd and 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 bring the legend back to life speaking of stuff similar to that and playing games fast this week is awesome games done quick yeah oh yeah they, so they did an mgs3 run that they i did really today. want to watch i missed it or yesterday for you whatever like now today yeah, so there was a really good <laughs> MGS run and an MGS3 run that I watched. Um, and my god, speedrunning is so fascinating, but so yeah. almost untouchable. Like, I just don't get how these people can remember incredibly... Like, games are long, like, even like an hour and a half. Like, I think the guy who did Metal Gear 3 finished it in an hour and 25 minutes, and he messed up a few times. Oh god. But, but like... The stuff that he had to do, like, certain stuff and, like, certain angles you have to hit, like, trying to remember that for, like, a whole game sequence for an hour and 20... Like, the concentration is amazing. Just amazing. Have you seen the Sonic Mania one? Because that's ridiculous. I didn't get to see that today. Oh, yeah. It's, like, all skill, no glitches. Yeah, well, there there was, like, one glitch. There was, like, one (laughs) one glitch. I don't know if he did it on accident. I doubt he did it on accident. Uh, one glitch that he did through it, and uh, where he slid across the whole map, um, halfway, halfway done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and other than that, no, it was just straight up skill, I guess. I, it was just weird watching him just constantly go. There was no stopping. I love and it I'll, when it is like those runs, like not the runs mm-hmm. where they just glitch out the map and then just like walk past everything. I like the ones where they just go super fast and then they just like almost look like they're gliding over the world. Like, where yeah. they just, like, bounce all over the place. There was this uh, F-Zero GX run, and it was called, like, the Any Percent, uh, like, oh, it was Any any Percent. I think it was, like, All Time Trials, Any Percent, Max Speed. So you had to go, like, a certain, you had to reach the maximum speed in each level to do it. And what he would do is he would get to the, the max speed, so he would fly over, breaking the physics, 
fly over the jumps, bounce yes. off the ground, take massive turns, yes. and just like skip huge sections of the map by hitting the correct angles at like the highest speed in F Zero. It was like a beautiful dance. It was amazing. That that sounds so fun to watch. It's what, so much fun to watch. I need to what, watch I love, Risk of Rain because I have this deep hatred <laughs> for when I played that game. Risk, yeah, have you ever guys played Risk of Rain? No? I, mm-hmm, I haven't, I haven't mm-hmm, played it, but yeah. the speedrun I think was today and I didn't yeah, get a chance to I watch see it. I it here. I'm, oh. Yeah, I'm going to watch that. I'm going to watch that. You, a, you can like... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, go No, no. Yeah, I could beat it in I, what? <laughs> no, I was just going to say that, like, you can tell from a speed run really quickly sometimes how much, <laughs> how, how, how easy it can be to judge a game's depth or complexity by how different the speed run style of gameplay looks compared to normal gameplay. I don't know. This is kind of sort of a conclusion I was trying to come to with my MGS4 video. Like, when you watch a speed run of MGS4, it's a lot of straight line sprinting when you watch a speedrun of mgs3 it's a lot of carefully timed rolling and carefully timed box switching like the box really is the ultimate stealth tool because of how it mitigates your sound for your speed and you might have noticed that liam do they do that on on the mgs3 run do they switch in and out of the box all the damn time there's like parts where he would like sneak up to things and he would jump out of the box to like knock guards over because he couldn't kill anyone he was doing it on european extreme as well it was like any percent mm-hmm. european extreme <laughs> And um, he had to do certain things where he would, like, run in the box and he would dive out at perfect angles to, like, push guards out of line, out of the line of sight from other guards yeah. and stuff. It's madness. It's you, madness. You have, like, a few frames where you can hit them with a roll or even just walk into them with a shove and it still won't game over you. He was saying that you could, like, shoot barrels that explode and kill guards, and it counts as an accidental death, so it doesn't fail the game as well. I... Works. <laughs> yeah, and poison animals don't count either. When I was doing my run, I would always keep three poisonous snakes on me, because if the snake kills them, that doesn't count as you killing them. It was so much fun to watch. Like, this is the week where I don't play any games, I just watch watch other people yeah. play madness it's 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 beautiful <laughs> confuse your parents even more i can't understand you guys watching people play video games <laughs> especially when <laughs> they break them yeah <laughs> what is he doing on the screen but george i want to ask you what, what do you think about risk of rain like you you got quiet so is it yeah because i've always had a really hard time getting into roguelites i got in trouble for like judging enter the gungeon weirdly for not knowing roguelites that well and i uh i, I have it's been one of those roguelites that i did try and get into and it just didn't happen to me it didn't happen that upsets to me, me because it, it it's very highly rated very yeah. highly respected and it's supposed to be one of the finer examples of the genre when it seems like whatever appeal i can i can bubble up out of this genre is uh whatever i was really enjoying out of the first few hours of enter the gungeon which is apparently not as highly regarded as the uh the 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 flag bearers of this sort of thing whereas risk of rain is yeah it's cute it's lovable it's satisfying in some ways but man that rain that freaking rain ah whatever um i i want to watch someone do it properly and and school me on this i think i was listening to like 
they were talking about the future runs that were coming up and they were saying that they were going to do risk of rain on like monsoon difficulty or something yeah i don't yeah. know what that i don't know what that means but it sounded cool does that just mean monsoon. it rains more like literally is that what it is i wonder i i, monsoon I don't know difficulty uh, uh as awesome. a side note metal gear rising boss music makes for excellent road trip music that's all I wonder if we'll go in a whole episode without mentioning Metal Gear one day. I highly doubt that. <laughs> oh, because if we end up doing news this week, I actually have uh, have thoughts about Metal Gear Solid Survive, but we'll, we may or may not get into that. God, that's but out this month uh, as well, isn't it? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Can you feel the hype? Wow. Um, no. Wow. Uh, wasn't there a new trailer yesterday, though? I didn't watch it. Yeah, yeah, I just watched it. Oh. Yeah, you know, I guess... Would, would, would it be breaking the rules too much if we just squeezed it in here since it's fresh on our minds? Metal Gear Survive? I mean, is there much to say about it other than... I, I played <laughs> I played a little bit of it last year and it was pretty dull. It's just... I mean, did it feel as good as MGS5? Because it looks like the animations are the exact freaking same. It's it's completely just the MGS5 Fox engine. It feels exactly the same, um, which I don't think is very good for multiplayer games. Um, the multiplayer games- wasn't great, but I I always thought imagine it was like more of a design of of how they uh, do the scoring of the modes, and also how the third person camera kind of devalues stealth when there's other people who have a third person camera as well. Everyone can just spy each other over corners um yeah i have you seen a single player i i did that's that's what i was watching earlier today and it looked basically like mgs5 but with more potential (laughs) with more potential infiltrations of microtransactions being available there's a base building minigame they show a whole lot of crafting going on there's a lot of moments in the single player trailer where there are meters being depleted slowly and i I, I don't consider that a good sign, considering the company that we're working with here. Uh, I, the whole concept that they're pitching sounds like the, the laziest of asset flip sequels. And what is very strange is seeing the Fox engine get utilized for... Uh, it's, it's such a good engine! It's so mm. strange! It has a distinct style and like look to it. Like The camera system that they made for MGS5 has this handheld-esque motion that's so weird to see when you can tell that it's like not uh, i don't know this might sound like i'm grasping too hard but it almost seems like you can tell it's not kojima holding the camera but but it's still kojima's like if not kojima's style then it is whatever very distinct noticeable unique style they developed for the look of mgs5 like it has that super hyper crisp clean look with the kind of a surreal dreamlike quality to the camera moving really slowly and shaking in someone's hands but in a way that that's hyper deliberate it it uh still has that like uncomfortable hyper real look to it that mgs5 did but in mgs5 it was it was to serve a purpose about how uncomfortable and, and surreal the the situation is at this point in the series timeline and in, in this it's it doesn't seem to match like that really gritty, sloppy, kind of disgusting sounding filter that they use for the walkie talkies here. 
uh, an MGS5, like you would hear Ocelot's kind of weird cowboy southern drawl come through a, an, an old, broken-sounding microphone, and you were like, it, it, it evoked, um, I, <laughs> I guess how how gritty and desperate the characters were supposed to be here. It's like good fun. It's like zombie comedy, where there's still no humor to the visual stylings of it. Yeah, it looks too serious for its own good, even if they try to make it like sub surreally funny like some of the Metal Gears have been previously. Have they said mm-hmm. how it's gonna fit into the lore exactly in any way? Like does it fit <sighs> into the Metal Gear lore overarchingly in any way, shape or form? The idea is that some survivors from Mother Base from MGS five got like sucked into a black hole portal and, and landed <laughs> on the, the zombie dimension on the other side. What the fuck? <laughs> So they get to like reskin the zombie enemies from MGS5 because they have the easiest AI to work with, uh, uh, implement base building features into the menu, and just have you play as a custom mother base avatar. And uh, there's looks, looks a like the simple Last of Us game zombies. you can ship. Looks, mm-hmm. Yeah. They they don't have a lot of uh, limbs and heads. They're just kind of I know they've done people. like. They've done a kind of, I don't know whether it's because of Breath of the Wild or something, but you can, like, take stuff, like, almost everything now. You can chop down trees and uh, you can, like, collect items like food and stuff and, like, materials for crafting and stuff. Yeah, it, and, and a lot of that seems really like weird. it's filtered from MGS5 itself. No, there's, there's MGS5... definitely a lot more than that because, like, you chop, you actually, like, physically chop down trees now. And, stuff. and there's a little red meter you can see on that tree that's like yeah. 25% depleted. Yeah, uh, there was a lot of resource gathering to MGS5 itself, and that's, uh, I don't know. I mean, at this point in time, I'm seeing that stuff as a crutch compared to uh, like how I saw it implemented in, in A Link Between Worlds, where your collectibles were like real substantial upgrades that you could cash in at a regular uh, satisfying interval that, that wasn't a slow burn over hours. I'm just convinced that a lot of developers are doing those systems wrong. Super blatantly wrong these days. Um, well, also, like, did they get really lazy or something? Because none of the zombies have heads. They've just gone to stick that, like, mm. orange glowing... Yeah, that's... They've, that's like, like, not like modeled a single though. head. All they've done is stuck <laughs> orange triangle cones sticking mm-hmm. out of their yeah. necks. It's so weird. I do really don't like the design of those zombies. They they look like a mess. They look like the Michael Bay Transformers of of zombie types. It looks like such a weird game, like so out of place. Just odd. Yeah. Like hearing that style of of the microphone crackle I was talking about earlier, but it's not Ocelot on the other end was weirding me out. Cuz I was I was I'm so used to hearing Ocelot on the other end with with those very distinct vocal filter effects they use. I I didn't know how uncomfortable I would be seeing a Metal Gear game without fan favorite characters Snake and Ocelot. Yet here we are. Anyways, um, <laughs> do you guys have stories? Uh, yeah, I I know Matt has stories. Liam, you wanna you wanna oh. you wanna tackle first? 
Well, I know Matt I've has pretty much, uncomfortable stories. I've pretty much only been <laughs> watching ADGQ, AGDQ. I always get the acronym wrong. I've only been really watching AGDQ and sort of working on No Dragon Ball Super this time? I haven't had a chance to watch any Super, but I've watched the first episode of Devilman Crybaby. The new oh uh, when 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 I of Devil when Man. I heard that mentioned I thought they were talking about a particular Devilman character but but this is a series yeah it's a Netflix it's kind of like you know the Castlevania series that came out not that long ago it's which like a is Netflix apparently original. not bad no the Castlevania one was pretty good there's more there's more episodes in Devilman um, the animation is right. pretty good but I, I I've only watched the first episode so far um, I kind of like the new designs of. The characters, um, Devilman's obviously still super iconic here in Japan. Um, I'm kind of intrigued to watch more of that, but other than that, no super. I haven't had a chance to, but I'm getting super hyped for the uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z beta yeah. next weekend. Um, open you, beta you before get to the part where Goku fights Black Goku on the hard streets of Namek. No, no, I haven't. No, I haven't yet. <laughs> not, not well, yet. Not quite to... yet. No Goku on Goku action just yet. Oh. Oh, okay. um, other yeah. than that, no. I I want to hear about your your weird week, man. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, <laughs> I posted on Twitter. I was looking for a room. Um, I'm getting my timestamps ready. I've <laughs> get the timestamps just in case yeah, I need to make a, a alteration. You might only hear some of this. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I you start to find some weird stuff. You know, looking for a roommate with some weird details all right but um let's let's start with like a, a absurd one okay okay um that won't get edited out <laughs> all right <laughs> this one absurd. was on craigslist are you homeless with a car and a job save now and at the bottom it says single woman only thanks 250 <sighs> is your rent if i eat you eat we eat it's simple <laughs> I feel like that's a euphemism that was worded wrong, so it doesn't sound like a euphemism anymore. <laughs> and there's I no would periods, know what no woman commas, would take no that. nothing. It's just, just, just a sentence. I made yeah. it a sentence. There's. <laughs> it was up to you to complete the sentence for them. Yeah, so, so that, that's that's one of them. There, it just makes it. I, I wouldn't. It, it's been removed now, by the way. So uh, oh. I guess he found someone. I, I wonder why. <laughs> uh, do you think that's the reason it's been removed? I don't know. I don't know. What, Maybe what, a, what a happy ending. <laughs> I don't know if it's gonna be happy. Um, well, wait. I think I. Ooh. Now I don't know if I wanted like dwell too much on that kind of happy ending. <laughs> okay, so you. I'm gonna assume it's a guy, right? Because I single women only. I eat, you eat, we eat. It's that part. It's simple. Yeah, it could be parsed in several different ways. Yeah. So it's there, there you go. <laughs> you know, and and there's a lot of lonely men on Craigslist. Um, you don't say. <laughs> yeah, a lot of lonely men, <laughs> at least in the Georgia area, because. Uh, you know, there's a couple stuff like they're looking for housewives. Um, like, live in lady friend is like one of them here. 
Must be beautiful, reliable, honest, loyal, mature-minded, with skills in the kitchen, good with kids, and ready for LTR. What does LTR mean? I think it's live to rage. I think it's called. This is the. the, What is? I hang. Hang on. I have no addiction. LT last tweet re um live yeah. to rage live yeah, to what? rage uh the An party existence? lifestyle yeah they, oh <laughs> like a rage oh i get it oh wait on craigslist though it's an acronym for long-term relationship <laughs> which sounded like what you were describing someone basically wanted a like a, a like full time stay at home wife that they just found on Craigslist. I wonder if that's worked out for anybody. It's, it's, I was gonna say, I wonder if there's like a documentary of someone like following through with one of them to see where it goes, and just like yeah. how weird the other person ends up actually being. Now he has a picture of himself as well. He has pictures oh, of his no. house. <laughs> yeah, and it says, "Oh no, if you can be loyal, we can live together." <gasps> Oh, we, we can live better. Uh. Sorry. <laughs> Quiet neighborhood, <laughs> all new appliances, washer and dryer on site. No pick, no reply. <laughs> these guys always know how to end, <laughs> how to end these posts. Oh, uh, it's like it's like a really weird, creepy sex thing, and then all of a sudden a normal apartment ad, and then all of a sudden a weird, creepy sex thing again. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 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 must be ready for LTR, comma, must be able to handle kids, period. Two bedrooms, two bath, 2,000 square feet, new appliances, period. No pick, no reply. <laughs> it's like, what, what, a, what a roller coaster of expectations. I'm going, I'm going up and down based on, like, how weird I'm expecting this thing to be. It's, it's where's the consistency? It's just the world. There's... You know, these people live in where it's just like, must be beautiful, must be like, I was like, okay, you just, that this is how it is. You just, you know, send an ad and some girls just gonna be like, yeah, sure. Why not? You know? So, so you're on the weird part of Craigslist. Yeah, yeah. You know, people looking for uh, sugar daddies, you know, get on there. I'm pretty sure we lost all our people audience already. (laughs) This is like just in your area, right? Um, it, it's around Atlanta. It's around so Atlanta. Yeah. This will be like, so if that's just Atlanta, there will be like hundreds of thousands of mm-hmm. similar ones all across America. There's just all these desperate men looking for LTRs. I wonder yep. if any are successful with any I, such posts. I'm pretty sure. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I, I don't want to say that. You know, we, we we have a certain person as president. So I, I'm pretty sure that some of these things, you know, have happened. <laughs> you know? Like uh, each and, and one, like, each post is basically the opening to a murder mystery. Like, yeah. come on. They are so... It's like hitting a, the cliche horror movie murder almost immediately. I don't know. You you must be pretty desperate if you follow up on one of those, right? Yeah, I'm just like wondering if they're or actually just want a are, sugar daddy. I mean, like 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 desperate, lonely forty year olds who just try to follow up on these and 
and tolerate it and and life turns out fine and they happen to everyone happens to get along really well and i'm wondering if there's literally more than zero success stories if 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 an older woman came up to me when i was younger and said yo i'll take care of you you know what i'm saying i'll pay for your college you know what i'm saying you know, you just gotta, you just gotta live with me and oh, no. wink, wink. You know what that means? Oh no! I don't, yeah, you, I don't I, know what I, I would I, do. I, you know? I thought you were gonna yeah. say. I literally thought you were gonna say, I'd follow up on that. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know if I'd follow up on that. I, that's literally where you're going with that. I mean, it's simple, right? So. According to that guy, but according to that guy's perspective, I bet a lot of things are like really, really complicated and weird that this person thinks are simple. <laughs> so let's flip the script a little bit. All right. Okay. okay. This is where you. <laughs> all right. Seeking. This is not on Craigslist. Seeking whoa, male whoa, roommate. Whoa, no. All right. This is where it starts. Seeking male roommate. Parentheses. Some platonic nudity. Master bedroom available. <laughs> All right, platonic. I'm I'm glad to know it's not like romantic nudity. Okay, I, so. I I'm amazed that he assumes that you're just gonna get naked as well. Like yeah, like platonic I, I mean, maybe is like not. it's it's maybe. not just me. It's both of us. Like we both have to be okay with it. Like it's gonna be both normal. Like if you get naked. It's fine. I won't mind. It's so weird that it's phrased like that. Like, also, it be like I hey, don't think I like to walk around my apartment naked. Hope you're okay with that. It's more like no, it's plutonic. Now, now, yeah, it's not just him. There are two other guys living in there. All right, so let's read some of this description here. We get along like brothers. All right. We're very supportive of each other and looking for another roommate with a friendly personality. Now, he goes on to say, um, we are all professionals with advanced degrees in our 20s and 30s, and we're all straight. We don't care about your orientation. This is not sex ed. There is no sexual tension. Okay, and he says, I am not nude for most of the I'm not nude most of the time. Just um, at bedtime and in the mornings only. So, I, I, I guess that's thanks for so the far, warning. I, mean, I guess out of every advert we've read so far, I mean that's the most appealing. Surprisingly, I just don't think that like you can put the word platonic in front of nudity and have it actually mean what I think he thinks it means. I mean, yeah, you, I guess, I guess it's kind of like the gym mentality. You know, um, bros, because apparently bros, they all go to the gym. I, I guess that's kind of nice of them to say, "Hey, look, there's three bros living together. We, we're we're all cool walking around naked, and you know, easy breezy Seeing between the knees." Yeah, I mean, it, this might be less about how like objectively weird the situation is, and more like how objectively weird American hangups over nudity can be. I, mm. I, I, I went to an onsen in Japan to tack it off my list. I don't think I can go back. I'm like, I, and I was like really just shrivelly and, and nervous and anxious when I was there. Like, I, if you just so happen to like pull the genetic lottery that lands you getting born in in America, you're probably gonna have a harder time adjusting to that than than other nationalities. That's I mean, really weird. it's it's yeah. weird. Th- this is in 
this is in a nice neighborhood. It's three fifty a month. Ooh. Yo, like master bedroom. Are you gonna do it? Listen, listen. Platonic. It's it's not sexual. You know, it, it, it's it's platonic, right? Like, there's no right. sexual platonic. tension. Like, yo, if if they, you know, if they they're going to the gym, right? Because they say um, <laughs> twenty, we could get you a deal for twenty dollars a month at LA Fitness, and oh LA God. Fitness is expensive. So wait, are you sure? Like. <laughs> Dude, I, why did you not sign up the ladies? for this? There's just like th- this this really cheap apartment full of like buff naked men hanging around. I I just have this thought of going downstairs, <laughs> getting a bowl of cereal, and then seeing a man's balls in my face. You know, three fifty though. Come I'm on. like, oh hey Jim, like what's up? How you doing, man? I'm doing all right, and he's just you know swinging around, you know, just like as he makes breakfast. Just I don't know, around, yeah. swinging around. Um, I I, I think I'll get used sound. to it, I guess. Um, but I you, you, you can't I, I like, bring someone I don't know whether over it doing is, that. I don't know whether it is that thing that George was talking about in terms of like what culture you come from, but I would totally be fine with that. Yeah, yeah, this doesn't sound as weird as I think you might think it sounds. No, no, I, I don't think I don't think it's weird. weird. I I think I might if this is still out when I'm ready to move, I might take it up because it's in a good <laughs> area. <laughs> oh, you're going to have some stories to tell then if you do. Undercover because, investigations. Yeah, like yo, if if a couple of guys who are swole like, yeah, yeah, take me under your swole. arms. Like how? What are you doing? I want some of that. I want to look I can like help that. Help you become a buff boy. Yeah, yeah I can become a buff boy. I, I want to be a buff they'll, boy. They'll, they'll give you a full body sculpting course. Yes, sculpt I think, my body like that. I think you should you should sacrifice yourself for just this podcast and take up the offer. <laughs> I think you should do what 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 makes you feel comfortable for you. <laughs> Is it naked yeah, boys? I'm I'm pretty sure they're all shaven and everything. Guys like that, they they get everything all shaved and they can teach like me how submarine. to shave under there. You know what I'm saying? Like like we we could all just be bros, man. Do they do they it's mention right. playing games naked together? Do they, oh uh, no, do they have, like, no, that's naked, not in there. But I'm pretty sure it's gonna be a new thing now. Like I, I I'll be doing the podcast <laughs> early in the morning, like nine o'clock. That's still early, right? You just bust in like, hey, hey, Matt, you want some of these eggs? And I'm like, I'm doing a podcast right now, man. Just, you, yeah, you your boner's like, hey, in my Matt. face. Hey, little Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I could just imagine Matt like while we're recording, just typing in like the Discord channel. Like, guys, while we're recording right now, they're naked behind me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh man! All right. Well, Whoa. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, let's so, see if uh, any of you guys heard any of that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we uh, we got um, we got some more podcasts to do. But but on the way there, I uh, think I think now might be a good time to like go. Uh, I sh- refresh. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> re- return some videotapes or something. <laughs> hey, you still don't have a Sega CD? Huh? What are you waiting for, Nintendo to make one? You have seen the games, right? Wrong answer, man. Show them! (laughs) 
Want to see more? <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Dad and Sons podcast. I almost <laughs> the Dad and Naked Boys podcast. Yeah, yeah. Do you get naked with your dad? Find out <laughs> on Dad and Sons. Um, they've made video games about this topic. Is it get really, really weird as American? Probably really normal for other people. Yeah. Yeah, Shower with Your Dad Simulator oh, I was, 2016. I was literally trying to think in my head what the name of that game was, but it quite literally is Shower with Your Dad, yep. isn't it? Wow. Yep, yep. Okay. Um, so we have, like, a few minor news topics. Um, a new version of the HTC Vive has been announced. Yeah. They are going to be putting a wireless adapter out on the market. Yeah. Um, I think... <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, now that I've, like stumbled into a successful patron i i'm thinking the htc vive might be my cho- eventual choice for for headset although i really liked the uh samsung one at um the microsoft store Ooh. that was about the same cost of the oculus thing is oculus has kind of fallen off the map for me htc vive has taken up more space for me and they're now going to be uh making a new version with a combined um 2880 by 1600 resolution there's there's integrated headphones now this time uh, uh, what they call revamped ergonomics and revamped center of gravity with some higher quality lenses. This is probably going to be really freaking expensive. Yeah. Maybe the original $800 price tag model is what this one will be associated with because now they're $600, right? Yeah. Well, mm, yes, they're about $60. They go on sale constantly, but 600 is like the retail price right now. MSRP. Uh, the usual one? Yeah, I'm looking it up on Amazon. They're 60. Not 60, 600. That would be nice. Um, But yeah, the new version of that's coming out. They're going to have uh, wireless VR out finally. We'll see how much of a splash it makes. But once again, I have a feeling like it might not make a splash at all if the price is stupidly expensive. Yeah. It, I, it, the prices have been dipping down. Like the Oculus got to like 300 at one time during the holidays. Like that's yeah. ridiculous. But that I feel like that needed to happen years ago. I mean, when the Kickstarter for the Oculus was originally announced, like people were expecting a price around that $300 window and 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 news of like the Oculus being 600 and Vive being 800 like really took everyone off guard. People are more used to that now, but that still means that no one's buying the the things if it's that much it's finally starting to catch on now that 400 dollars models are becoming more attractive but as long as they remain more expensive than video game consoles themselves i can't i don't know i just can't really see like economics of scale happening anytime soon i mean that's the way everything is the same way consoles do it expensive at first but the whales you know pay them and then they get them cheaper as soon as they announce a new uh a new headset I mean, and and there was not many games out during that time. Nowadays, there's a lot of stuff coming out, uh, especially have Fallout just coming out. I don't know how good it is, though. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't buy yeah, it. Yeah, the Bethesda um, effort seemed kind of yeah, half-assed. I, I, I've heard the Doom VR is pretty pretty okay. Like it's quite a fun experience to go through, and seeing like the demons full scale is like pretty have... pretty worth the price of admission. Um, Has any of us tried that out? I've played no. uh, Skyrim. I did, I, and I've heard a whole lot of friends who've played Fallout. But I surprisingly, I think I've only had one friend who tried out Doom, and I did hear positive impressions. I think Doom is the one everyone was thinking was more catered to VR. Obviously, it's first person, and I, I like you. You jump. I can't remember how the movement works in the Doom VR one, 
But in terms of, like, you jump forward and you can shoot things and, like, you don't actually move or something. And it also has, like, a mode where you can, like, view the models of the demons, like, in a model viewer. And they're, like, to scale and you can walk around them and stuff like that. They're, like, it's, it's a bit more built for VR than the other two, I think. And it's surprising that Doom is the one that got the best uh, reviews for switching over to VR, because that's the really fast one. And that's usually what you don't want to do in VR, is have a super-duper fast character that... I, I I think that's what's associated with motion sickness more than anything else is is having that camera movement be so fast. You didn't like the Skyrim one, no. Yeah, the Skyrim one had you teleport, and it felt really weird because Skyrim is like associated with with, with long scenic walks, and it was like impossible to feel immersed when I was blinking in and out of of existence every few steps. They had. The Gamescom demo set up with unlimited health and, and mana, so you just kind of held down the fire throw, the flamethrower button, while enemies walked into your waggle sword. It was embarrassing. Uh, just for people who <laughs> haven't tried VR, and I, I mean, we've talked about this uh, TOVG co- podcast at length. Um, um, there's some people like George where he can just press forward. And he'll be fine. He won't get sick. And, he doesn't need the turning thing. He doesn't need anything. People like me, I need to teleport. Um, <clears throat> and I need the turning, um, the, the, the 45 degree turning. Now, you, there's a certain percentage of people that get really used to it. And I'm one of those people. So now I can just do whatever the hell I want in VR and be okay. I won't get sick. So if you are into VR and you got sick at first, you might be be able to get used to it eventually so don't like count yourself out or anything like that yeah that was that was a theory going around at the times was that people would gradually get used to it as well i believe there were some comparisons with people who were getting motion sickness during the early days of like cars beginning to be adopted and they uh had to like get used to that as well it's fascinating how how uh leaps in technology can sometimes correlate with like psychological leaps in physiology <laughs> yeah it's I, it's i have very little experience with vr my major experience came when the the oculus dev kit was out f- like five years ago and vr was like terrible back then and everything yeah. made you sick um but like one of the most r- recent experiences i had because i don't own a vr kit and and i've never i've never really wanted to it's one They're of those things that I not can't not popular imagine. in Japan at all because of space well, P- restrictions. Well, PSVR is completely sold out in Japan and has been all year. Like, it's oh. so hard to get one. It's almost as hard as getting a Switch in Japan, um, which is really strange. Uh, but my most recent experience was trying, once again at Tokyo Game Show, was the Zone of the Enders VR I tried that and it didn't make me sick, but moving around in that game was weird. Like you're How in a mech. Have you so, move? You, well, you're in the mech. You're you know, you, you, and you First fly person. the mech around with a controller. Um, but you would, because it was like Zone of the Enders, so you had the auto locking feature, and you would auto lock to each target. And because there's like thousands of ships around you and stuff like that, you're just quick snapping to all of these targets all the time. It's like, it's like taking the fastest 180 turns, like forcefully, like someone's just moving you around really quickly, shaking you from left to right. And you're just like snapping from left to right. And it's so disorientating. And it didn't make me sick, but it certainly like made my brain seem like it was bouncing around. 
Mm-hmm. It's like constant visuals, like moving from left to right and just like snapping very quickly. Like uh, all, all of a sudden you're over here and there's a big explosion going off and then you're over here. And it's like, it's so weird. And I don't know how VR can really improve upon stuff like that. Like that seems like the kind of game that, although it's, it was really cool to be in the mech and be at that scale. I always find scale in VR is like the best thing about it. Like I was sat in the mech. And you could look up and see the like its head and the rest of it, and that's really cool. But in terms of moving about and actually playing the game, it's pretty weak. And I just don't know when they're gonna figure that out. A lot of people think that some genres like like fighting games would never really work right in VR, but I would really just like to like be in the stage while seeing full scale life size models of Street Fighter characters like go at it on a stage in front of me. Like that sounds like it could become really, really cool out of the sheer virtue of scale. Yeah. Like scale is what like the first ever experience I had was a was a Oculus Dev Kit 2 like make uh, sort of a I think it was a mod for Half Life 2 and you could look at Half Life 2 in VR. And like the opening area, when you the trains are, you're in like the train area, and just looking at the trains and the trains being like true scale to what they are to you as a human being in real life was so cool. Yeah, it was so. It also cool. makes you realize how many things are not to scale for game design purposes. Like I think yeah. doorknobs, doorknobs <laughs> yeah. are heavily, heavily inflated usually to so that you can spot them from a distance and you never really notice but in VR all of a sudden like these doorknobs are like quadruple the size of your hands <laughs> yeah i don't know i guess i'm not the type of person that would play games in VR for very long to make the commitment i feel like the experience is a, a spectacular one but in terms of there hasn't quite been like we're slowly getting there i guess with major releases like fallout and skyrim and doom getting vr versions re7 it yeah like I that's guess. that's the system seller i mm. thought it's the wild wild <laughs> west right now you, you gotta it you gotta give it be. some some nurture time you know 10 years from now we'll be living in a different world um, <sighs> and you you need to play some good games like uh super hot all right you need, you need to play some actual good games when you play that, that out of- and you say, ah, VR is garbage, then I would be like, all right, you don't like it. But if you haven't played Super Hot or games like that, then I'm going to be like, ah, you, you, you need to have that home experience first. You know, come over they my took- house, you know, meet my naked roommates, and then we play <laughs> some VR, right? In my some room. naked VR chat. Yeah. So. Like, what I want it to get to, and what appeals to me the most, apart from, obviously, the sort of astounding moments of sense of scale, like sitting in a mech and the mech being the size of a skyscraper and it looking all cool, is I like the cinema mode you can have in VR, where it's it almost simulates playing on, a like, a giant cinema screen. Like, playing a, yes. a, a game on a giant cinema screen seems really cool, but because of the low resolution of VR headsets at the moment, it doesn't quite get there yet. But, like, in the future, if they can make, like, you know, HD perfect resolution I, that I think it's outputs right 1080p for, correctly, so it looks, movies, it simulates that sort of cinema. I, that's what I'm down but, for. But but lo-fi games also work well. I have, I have a concept for you that, that plays with this uh, with this idea. 
Um, a couple of fans met up with me in Atlanta and talked to me about some VR games they really like. One of which I wish I knew the name for it, but the idea is that you're in VR playing Duck Hunt on the NES in VR with a virtual reality zapper and a virtual reality TV that you point at with uh, your motion controllers, and your eyes are going to be focused on the virtual screen in the game while spooky horror game stuff happens in your periphery vision outside of, like, dark stormy windows that the TV might be next to. And when you turn your head to look out the windows, it's fine, but when you turn your head back to look at the TV, spooky stuff starts happening. And, and evidently, like, you are able to play something like Duck Hunt, okay, like very low-resolution old games, uh, perfectly fine on a VR TV screen, but, yeah, the resolution is not there for perfectly emulating the experience of having a big-screen TV in, like, a theater you're virtually sitting in. That's what I want. Like, I, I, think, that, <laughs> I think that's the kind of, what do they call it, um... What, oh, what Nintendo has like a really dumb term, like life stuff, like improves your life. Just like quality of life, quality devices. of life changes. I, yeah. I remember of- their old uh, blue blue ocean pitch, and I don't know if they really followed up on those ideas. They yeah. ended up making another video game console. <laughs> yeah, but you know, like quality of life changes, like that, like being able to sit in my tiny Japanese apartment but simulate I'm playing games or watching movies on a giant cinema screen, that's where VR could really help me out, I think. That's what I want. Yeah, I mean, it could... It could. They're, they're ramping up the resolution on the Vive next, and that's... I'd actually be really interested in knowing what um, VR looks like through the Vive Pro compared to the Vive Regular, because... 2880 by 1600, like, that's no laughing matter. Those are very high numbers. Someone the combined resolution of both Someone who's eyes tried is, it, tell us what it's like. Please compare yeah, them. Yeah, we're, we're almost poor reaching 4K VR. Yeah. All right, uh, let's see. Speaking of, like, hacking together quick solutions, the Nintendo Switch is now beginning to get hacked. This uh, opens the doors for, for homebrew games. <laughs> games, homebrew <laughs> games, and, of course, pirated games as well. Um, like a lot of Switch news, I'm just like, gee, that happened fast. So, do you remember what it was like hacking the, the Wii and how you had to have a physical copy of Twilight Princess? Yeah. Where, when you jumped Link into a very specific part of a chasm during the, like, mailman's run routine, you got to open the homebrew channel and then, like... Ooh, I can play Super Mario Galaxy without a disc, or... Oh, my favorite feature was, um... The, the, like, GameCube emulator stuff you could do on the Wii U through... I think it was a Super Mario World was, was the game you needed to uh, hack your way into, like, doing really cool stuff with the Wii U, like emulating GameCube games, which was apparently a function that was there at the Wii U all along that Nintendo never capitalized on. Uh, so, some German hackers... Um, we're able to take advantage of a quirk of the NVIDIA Tegra ship, which the Switch uses, which also means that the technology is, is probably known by now and can be worked with in a faster way than a, on the, the native Wii devices that are still using tech inherited from the GameCube days. Um, the hack only works through firmware version 3.0 using a physical copy of Pocken Tournament DX. <laughs> <laughs> What I just love heck? how it's a specific game. I I always find that really funny. Yeah. 
it's it's like <laughs> I think it's really cute in a way. I don't know something yeah. about the idea of like me as as a kid with no money, like plopping in a specific game and getting to a specific part. Something about the idea of like a kid jumping through stupid video game hook hoops to like <laughs> stupidly play some stupid video games in a stupid way sounds stupidly adorable to me. Yeah. Anyways, I don't. I don't want to sound like I'm advocating for piracy. I want to sound like I'm advocating <laughs> for uh, uh, the development of of homebrew skills that people can learn and pass on to their careers in the future. From from maybe times in their lives where they're more uh, more more strapped for cash. Uh. Anyways, what, what, do you guys have any comments on that before we move to the last one? Before we do the trivia. Well, uh. so, so when I was in university, uh, being very cash strapped as I and my housemates were, um. I'm a bit too precious with my own hardware that I wouldn't I wouldn't attempt such a thing like with my Wii I wouldn't have done it but my housemate he would hack his Wii with the homebrew channel and it then instantly became like our console of choice for the almost the whole duration of university because we couldn't actually afford many games so he would he hacked his Wii and I think we had like basically at one point we had the whole Wii catalog on this tiny Damn. hacked Wii. And it would be funny because a game would come out like Super Mario Galaxy 2, for example, or something. And it'd be like, hey, Torrin, how long how long until we're playing Super Mario Galaxy 2? And he'd be like, I'll get back to you soon. And it would be like a couple of weeks would go by and then someone would have made the like pirated version and he would copy it onto a disc and and then, you know, he'd play it, I'd play it. <laughs> but you know only because he did it with, with course, some of course, hesitant of admittance yes yeah yeah only because you were you know you didn't have money right well, you're you're in college well, I, you know i just, course, I just happened course. to live in the same house and he was doing yeah. it so you know oh, it's, like it's drugs, right there. you know yeah, one's one well idea right oh man. yeah you know like when one's doing it you're all i'm doing i'm, it, I'm yeah. sure you you bought the ones you liked i did buy xenoblade chronicles but that's because oh I thought. Oh my that, god! I thought I thought that was going to be rare. You have this deep love for so. this game. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just. But do you remember when it didn't get released in America and only got re- released in Europe for like a long time? Yeah, don't try to hide it, like, man. Every podcast is Xenoblade is coming out your mouth, man. I'm just. My saying. God, we've spoken enough about Metal Gear for goodness sakes. <laughs> it's it's only fair. I give I give you permission to to sabotage the the Metal Gear cast. Of course, your number surprisingly one enough, for Metal Gear gushing. Surprisingly enough, I do enjoy Metal Gear quite a bit more than Xenoblade Chronicles, but I bought it because. It was the game. <clears throat> I got one. I was working in a game store at the time, so I could get it cheap anyway. God damn! I sound like such a cheapskate on this podcast. Um, and two, because it wasn't released in America yet. It 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 only got released in Europe in PAL regions after that really long tirade of Nintendo America deciding not to release it. So I thought it was going to be super rare, and I mean it kind of is, but I thought it was going to be more rare than it was. Um, so that's why I bought it. Well. So is that why everyone has uh, British accents? Yeah, Australian. <laughs> oh, I think oh, it's my, my bad. My bad. <laughs> well, <laughs> when I was young, let me tell you, Dreamcast, PSP. Oh whoo! yeah, <laughs> the Dreamcast <laughs> had such a scene. <laughs> Killed the console. Oh. Destroyed yeah, it. the Dreamcast is like the, the casualty of its own scene. Oh man, it was so easy. I, 
completely <laughs> forgot how easy it was to hack the PSP as well. That was yeah, it was so all easy. You, basically, all you had to do was stick in a memory card. You didn't even have yeah. to really do anything. You just yeah. stuck in. <laughs> you just you know, stuck you, in. You didn't have to do <laughs> memory card and play games of Twilight on. Princess. Download it, and you're good to go. <laughs> so uh, weird. It wouldn't be a podcast hosted by me unless there was like. Well, I guess this is the second time I'll be talking about Metal Gear, I guess. Um, <laughs> Kojima's doing some tweets that, that, that are getting everyone all riled. It says, I plan to announce something in 2018 that'll surprise everyone even more. It's a fan-translated quote from a Japanese publication called Ginkiki. Have you heard of that one, Liam? Say that again? I missed that. Ginkiki. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Ginkiki. Uh, I yeah, don't, I don't know what that is. Oh, Ginkiki. Din Din Din. Yeah, no, it's not Ginkiki. It's Dingiki. My my my. Oh, Dingiki. Okay, yeah. Dingiki. 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 It's a. Sorry. It's like a PlayStation inspired magazine. It's like a Japanese video game magazine. There was a big Hideo Kojima story in it recently. He uh, says that um, Sony Interactive told him that they've never seen people working on a fast pace like this. He he thinks that the Death Stranding development cycle is going on very well without a hitch. I plan to announce something in 2018 that'll surprise everyone even more. Whether or not that is related to Death Stranding or a different IP is is unknown, but uh, I don't know. I think <laughs> I think it's a good opportunity to to talk about how I'm actually like mildly hyped about Death Stranding this time. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like this is kind of the sort of situation where like Kojima's gonna have to get reined in by necessity because he's with like other highly accomplished um um individuals of their respective fields. He let's may be not honest, be though. the voice of God this time okay. Let's be honest though, if you were like the oh, PlayStation no. team who is sort of backing Kojima, you'd be kind of shitting yourself a little bit. You'd be like it's been three years. He's shown like no gameplay, just really obnoxious trailers that are mm-hmm. entertaining and pretty hype, but do nothing to further any sort of about what the game is or how you're going to play it or how you're going to consume it or whatever it is Kojima's going to do to us. He's going to like plant microchips in our heads to play Death Stranding or, or something. But for him to now be like, hey, I'm going to announce something else instead of just, you know, doing what everyone wants me to do, which is more Death Stranding stuff. It's, you'd be like, oh, why are we giving this guy so much money? This just, sounds like Mighty Number no. 9, man. What's just calm down. How, but but <laughs> the, guy, the, the studio... As as inconsistent as as like the Metal Gear games have been in terms of like writing quality, gameplay is pretty consistently improved with every new one. Um, yeah, which is in why, anyways, I think Kojima gets too much credit as a writer and not enough credit as a game designer. Uh, the current popular like fan theory is that the the multiplayer survival mechanics going on here involve. These, these dudes keeping the babies in, in test tubes around because there's some kind of pseudoscience magic that makes the babies grow up real fast to replace people who die. What? That, I, I think that's the, uh, the prevailing fan theory right now. There's uh, pictures <laughs> in which Kojima poses with the book, a post-apocalyptic book by Project Ito, uh, in which uh, 
in the post-apocalyptic dystopia of, of the future space, human life is extremely precious and has to be latched onto. There's probably some inspiration behind there. I'm gonna I'm gonna read it. I'm gonna check it out, but I I, I don't know. But We're still like a year special, off. It, it, it's it's in a container of water. Like how's it breathing? It's, it's a back to tank. This is got an umbilical or something. I don't know. It could have. Oh, okay. It's video games. What am I, what am I saying? Games. It's video games. Yeah, this they, is they the thing. Come up with this anything is, they want. It's fiction. This is why letting Kojima just do what he wants is kind of almost a bad idea, because mm. he likes playing the long game of messing with everyone. You know, we saw it even with like Metal Gear Solid Five for so long. We know how that turned out. In terms of like, it took ages, it got delayed a lot, it got split into two games, and all of that kind of stuff. And now he's like, not under the whim of a company that will force him to do stuff if they, you know, he's taking too long. Now he's completely in charge. And it's like, three years and we're still speculating what on earth is... It's, it hasn't know, been three years. It's because been... it's January 9th, 2018. Wow. Doesn't mean it's been three years since since his departure in 2015. I mean... Like, like we're like nine days into year three. I mean, let's be honest, though. It's coming up to three years, and he's shown, what, three trailers? Careful, Liam. Riding on so so good waters. games usually take like a good four years to make. He's had like big polished E three trailers for every every year milestone. I it could be worse. I don't think we're we're allowed to be that apprehensive until like year four is halfway through. I like what he's doing with the game itself, like what it looks like and, you know, getting people like Mads Mikkelsen and um, Norman Reedus involved. Like, that is, like, really cool. But Kojima's, like, a showman. He's, like, the greatest tease. And you know he definitely gets off on it. <laughs> you know he definitely what that does. Dad looks like. Yeah, yeah, he definitely but, does. But, okay, yeah, no, Death Stranding was it was revealed in 2016, not 2015, wasn't it? No, I think it was it was the Game Awards of 2015, wasn't it? It wasn't last year's Game Awards, it was the Game Awards before that, right? I mean, I'm like googling E3? Death Stranding reveal 2015, because I know that that he disbanded and formed the new SIE studio in 2015, and I don't well, know how long was, the like papers maybe it was the for E3 Death Stranding of 2016. So it would be coming up to two years since it was announced then. But he left yeah, Konami which, in 2015, so which which is not that bad yet. It's it's been two years. Like I was saying, good games usually take about a good four years. I'm so pretty so, sure we play the baby in Death Stranding. Hmm. I mean, you couldn't. You could be right. I mean, anything could be right. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure the whole game, the whole game, we play the baby, hmm. and that's the twist. <laughs> oh, I thought I was gonna play Norman Reedus. Nope. You just like hold up to crawl your way down Norman Reedus's mouth. Yes. It's yeah. like the microwave hallway, but more moist. Yeah, and he's making goggling noises. <laughs> and he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna talk about. Oh man, that was like. The best acting I've ever done in, you know, my whole career is just 10 out of 10 Hideo from, from IGN. I'm just like going to be really surprised and not surprised at all at the same time 
if if Death Stranding turns out fine, if the story makes sense, if this is like the police not snatcher MGS one three side of Kojima we end up seeing, and it's like elegant and clean and coherent, but then you get to the end of the game and all of a sudden you unlock your like verbal diarrhea exposition dump cassette tapes that go on for twenty minutes about about whatever magic you don't need to know to have the story make sense. Cause, cause he's gonna get like reined in, I think, by people like like Del Toro and, and Mads Mikkelsen, like like people who have something at stake here. I, I don't. Kojima's, I know. Kojima's not in the biggest fish in this, this room. Oh, Kojima's oh. in charge. PlayStation are giving him money. There's no way people like Del Toro and Mads Mikkelsen who are playing parts in the game, like they're just these act. They're oh. like his little playthings. Oh, they're playing parts. <laughs> I think I think so. Whether Del Toro was like a co-creative on the PT Silent Hills thing, uh, I don't think he's anything other than just an actor in this one. Oh, mm. hopefully, like their friends, like, oh, what do you think about this? And then Del Toro is just like, just freaking, and 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 rakes Kojima him. actually has the the self awareness and self restraint to uh, act on feedback. I mean, sometimes. Like, like in in my video, I mean, I was positing that, that he like at least has enough humility to change a really extreme ending of Metal Gear Solid Four with a really extreme sad ending into a happy go lucky everyone everyone lives happily ever after ending after the staff complained. But um, there's like all those stories of um, like important translators leaving, translators who would like fight with him, and also. The fact that this isn't Metal Gear, I feel like, is, is a plus. There's there's no reason to have sequel baggage be a part of the whatever verbal diarrhea exposition dump is going to be laid out on us to explain the stories that the game is going to going to be telling. Is this going to be the fight? Is this going to be the game finally where you know there's no one else to blame? There's no there's no other thing you can look at like sequel baggage where we actually finally can prove whether or not Kojima is a coherent yeah. writer. Yeah. Like this this is it, right? There's no one else he can sort of Well, no, like Police Knots and Snatcher, I believe, were just him by himself. He actually wrote a lot of the scripting engine behind those games and the stories are like fine. That but, but that's like also that's the thing to them. They're fine. He had, he had limitations. We're talking about something now where he has to just as he has with like the, the past few Metal Gear games, you know, he he's able to do almost anything he wants, and we know what he does with that. He makes and, and, great worlds of detail but that aren't very coherent but with snatcher and police nuts you both had him cast off the limitations of um yeah he he also wrote police knots it's like police weapon but (laughs) police oh sorry i have my uh my 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 roommate ad and open up in another window I'm, i'm getting ready to let people know to Watch out for the police nuts. Um, <laughs> those, those games were very much geared for clicking through pages of, of exposition dumps that you don't notice as well because they're adventure game visual novel style situations, in which case he would have less limitations based on the, the lack of a need to break that exposition dump for the sake of gameplay every now and then. He could get away uh, time, with writing more exposition dumps under those genres than than an action game where you die and got to get replaced by a baby that grows up real fast or something. Yeah, but that's the kind of bullshit nonsense Kojima's going to come up with. He's going to he's going to do stuff like this. Like when you die, you go to like an underworld water park where you know you have and to I swim bet to it's the at surface least to be a neat come back gimmick. alive. 
The guy's good at making neat gameplay gimmicks. Well, he and his team. Like, yeah, a lot of he talented... implements stuff from a like suggestion box full of wacky ideas. It's gonna. This this is what I mean about Death Stranding in terms of like Death Stranding looks interesting enough as it already is. I like what's been shown so far, but in terms of like playing the game and and going through a story and it having this these sort of weird new gameplay mechanics about them. I think it will finally sort of prove whether or not Kojima is either the god some people revere him as or, like, a lot of people sort of, you know, shit talk his writing and stuff like that. I think it's And I'm thinking it's going to be fine. I'm thinking it's actually going to be a lot more, like, technical and hardcore of an action game than people are expecting. Because that's also been Kojima's... That's also been a reliable facet of of Kojima games, most of them. Like, like even Zone of the Enders and Baktai have, like, perfectly fine gameplay. And in as like long and obnoxious as the cutscenes in Metal Gear Solid Four got, the gameplay was totally fine. And as like disappointing and cut and rushed as the story of MGS Five was, the gameplay was fantastic. Well, we'll see. That, that that's all I can really say about it because of how little he's shown generally. I mean, he speaks a lot. He seems to like talking about <laughs> it, but he doesn't show anything when it comes to the gameplay so far. So, I but wonder, I'm okay with that. I mean, I'm okay with it if he doesn't talk about the gameplay. I mean, if you're going to openly talk about it and you're the boss, you might as well just bloody show it. But I don't want to get spoiled. But him talking about it and you knowing about it is kind of the same thing, right? Like, when you die, you go into water. Okay, so how does that work? Well, and then he goes on like a hyperbolic rant about you know the strands of other players and you going to the surface and all this kind of thing it's like just show it show show us you know well, maybe it's not done yet <laughs> it probably isn't this is what i think this is why we, yeah. we haven't got anything yet let them let them let, let them take their time we're I, really I, boiling I say. the water here down to like the very last drop <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, let's uh, let's move on to the next thing. The um the dad feud music is like revving up. It's 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 car- oh, careening it's us bumping. into the tumultuous waters of 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 another opportunity Liam has to think that that, that we're big dummies. So let's <laughs> let's get started here. Okay, so people people so, come for for the banter and they stay for the hope of a train wreck. They do. <laughs> And we're about to experience one. But first of all, I'd like to thank everyone who has sent in quite a numerous amount of uh, suggestions for games and characters and topics. For the oh, trivia. hell. It's this week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to say, if you are going to send a suggestion, don't put the answer in either the oh. first like paragraph or especially in the header. Or even the question, because uh, the the email we use is Gmail, so it, it's easily viewable. So if you've got a suggestion for a uh, for a, some trivia, please like just fucking don't put the answer in the subject. Line. Yeah, don't put the answer in the subject or double space paragraphs down so they can't be viewed in the preview sentence. You know, I, I, I there haven't seen any in the preview or the subject lines, but then again, I haven't checked in a few days. Have those well, been coming in? Yeah, we've we've had quite a, oh, quite a numerous amount. So if you are wanting to send suggestions, maybe post a lovely picture first and then put text underneath it. And then it won't get spoiled. 
Otherwise, okay. they're kind of unusable if George or so, Matt browses the email. So, so we're going to play Guess That Game or something. Yeah. So today is a game. So we, we have a game. Not a character. Um, not a character. We have a game this time. And for anyone who's listening for the first time who doesn't know, we have a nice little trivia game here where George and Matt have to listen to five clues of which I have um, pertaining to a either game or uh, character or studio or anything sort of game related. And they have to guess what it is. And also you can play along right now too by guessing within the uh, guesses that I'm going to give. So Matt and George, are you ready? Yes. I yes. Am. Oh, excellent. Very sprightly this time. I'm, I'm strapped yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. No ready fear of dread this time. That's good. Yeah, okay. No, it's there. I'm just suppressing it. Yeah. <laughs> so, I was thinking, uh, I was trying to be a little outside the box with this one without being too obscure. The key here is not to be too obscure, but to be obvious and then for it to be an easy answer because that, that's always the most fun. So, let's hope we've got it this time. So, if everyone's ready, the first clue, number one, is that this game was released originally for PC, PlayStation 4, and PSVR. Oh, so it's brand new. In oh. October of 2016. Whoa. Oh, I think I know what it is. Is it Resident Evil 7? No. no. Uh, Damn it. Re- that was released last for year. PC. Um, oh, yeah, it was, wasn't it? Whoops. Yeah. So, it's so uh, fresh on my mind. Matt, you have, I guess, There's George, a- you, you've wasted your guess. I have wasted my guess. Uh, I feel like there's a couple indie games. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, I don't remember if... Thumper. Shall we move on to clue number two? Thumper? 20. Thumper. Oh. It's Thumper! Oh, <laughs> shoot! What? <laughs> the, the, what? It was narrow the PSVR. There's not a lot. Yeah, there wasn't a lot. So I just thought about Thumper because um, I remember um, Jimmy talking about it like way back. And I was like, oh, yeah. That was a damn good guess. That was a damn good guess. Holy cow. So clue number two would have been it was one of the first indie game titles to be released on the Switch, actually. It was very quickly ported over to the Switch. And clue number three, it's uniquely titled as a rhythm violence game. <laughs> and that would have been like past the Drool. point of the pale. And the final clue is players play as a space beetle along a singular track <laughs> as players must press notes in time with the music. So Matt, good job. Holy hell. Golf clap, golf clap. Oh we we could we could do the, you know, pretentious. I'm 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 pleasantly pleased. I'm pretentiously pleasantly pleased. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm Ooh. not. I've not been keeping scores, but I think Matt, you're you're in the lead so far. No, no, no. Wait, no, no. We only had two. We only. This is the second one, isn't it? Wait, what? No? Yeah, I think so. This is like podcast number five, and they. No, no, they found me. This is like <laughs> podcast number five, and the trivia and, uh, police we have would arrived. Have split it up by half. So let's see. Number one is true. Wait, wait, wait. There was a dark yeah, this Souls might be one, the third one that I third, remember. Third, third time. No, no, we've had three. We had episode one, episode three, episode five. That's three. Yeah. Has has have I won any? Yeah, you won Dark Souls one, the Demon Souls okay. one. 
So I'm not completely hopeless. Yeah. There, there might be at least like one person listening who might Wait, have who got Noctis? less than 0% shame in me. What's that? Who got Noctis? That was, yeah. So it was, I'm, that was my first point. So yeah, George so Matt, got, George has yeah, two. Yeah, so Matt, you are in the lead. No. Yeah, because you George just got, got another one. Wait, I didn't get Noctis. George did. Oh. Yeah. I didn't, no. I didn't, I didn't play that game at all. Uh, the new Final <laughs> Fantasy. Yeah, I, 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 I'm still I mean, waiting. I, I, I guess, avoid everything when I'm going to play a game. So I guess like, Matt, the big comeback is on. The yeah. big challenge of guessing PSVR games was like differentiating between which ones were from 2015 and which were 2016. Because yeah, like I was totally thinking it would be RE7 because I did not play that until 2016, even though it totally came out in 2015, didn't it? What did? Or wait. No, did it? Resident, Resident Evil came 7. out last year. Oh, it did come February out last year. Wait, last year. I thought. Oh, it was earlier last year. Oh, I'm so confused because that was a spring release. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking about VR a lot. That's the reason why I didn't think about RE7. Interesting. But RE7 is what I, I played it for PC. Yeah, I was. I still have not played that because I want to save it for VR. Oh man, if uh, I really hope if. They port that over in VR, hopefully. Anyways. The PC version, they have some kind of exclusivity deal. The comeback is on. Well done, Matt. Yeah, so if you have any suggestions for the trivia game that are a little more difficult than the one today. Wow, um, wow. What are you trying to say? I'm happy for you, Matt. (laughs) Yeah, golf clap. Golf clap. Oh, my God. (laughs) So if you do have any suggestions, please send them to dadandsonspodcast at gmail.com and put a picture before and then put the message underneath so you know the guys don't yep. see it it'll it'll it's always a fun good and also embarrassing time but <laughs> but that that's what people come for right they come to hear hear banter and commentary and personalities and stay for the hope of a train wreck uh i i i hope we have fallen apart um um beautifully for for you all this week it was it was pleasant as always i would say between you being sick and us arguing about kojima i think we've definitely done that yeah mm-hmm. i i have and to Matt make won. all of my cases I mean, with like that means the apocalypse right wow yeah, wow like, we were just laying it on thick today huh we just <laughs> <laughs> i i i won't right. blame I you all roommates. if i lose my voice I um, <laughs> I'll um uh try try my best to drink some tea, and and hopefully get it back by the time I have to make my year in review video on um Friday. I'm gonna be really trying to binge through some stuff hard. Uh, check out a lot of short novelty indie games by the end of the week. There's a couple I have um recommended to me that a lot of people have been wanting to hear my thoughts on. And I will be doing that over the next coming days. Really, really looking forward to it. Uh, what do you guys got planned? Well, <laughs> by the time this uh, the next podcast comes out, I should have hopefully played Dragon Ball Fighter Z because that's kind of the game I'm holding out for at the moment. Nice, nice. That is looking sharp. It is looking polished. It is looking beautiful. I just wish I was into fighting games more so I could be part of that hype. Yeah, I, I definitely got to play Fighter Z because uh, me and my friend were into Burst Limit. Oh my gosh, Burst Limit was a great Dragon Ball Z game. Oof. Um, I am 
uh, busy <laughs> with with life at the moment. With, so, with moving into the boys room. The boys room. Naked I don't and know. Boyed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get. And I'll be. I'll become a buff boy. Buff. Buff. Buff nerd. Yeah. If you if you have any any memorable experiences over the coming weeks, please oh. remember to keep them in mind for for like another awkward podcast story. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. Also, next right. week is our you uh, listener feedback. So send in your questions as always, so we can yes. answer them for you. In the meantime, uh, everyone have a pleasant week. Uh, Thanks for showing up. Thanks for listening. Uh, We'll be back in seven days. Police nuts. Police nuts.